You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. If you are looking forward to the new Disney animated film Wish, then this is an episode you cannot miss. We are pleased to present to you the animation team behind the new musical comedy adventure, Wish, which opens in theaters on November 22nd. We have Jennifer Lee, executive producer, Chris Buck, director, and Fawn Vera Sunthorn, also the director of Wish. In our first segment, we talk with Jennifer Lee. She's the chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios and is the writer and director of Frozen 2013, as well as Frozen 2 that came out in 2019, the latter of which continues to be the highest grossing animated feature ever released. In our second segment, we speak with both Chris Buck and Fawn Vera Sunthorn. Chris previously directed Frozen 2 and the Oscar-winning Frozen, along with fellow director Jennifer Lee. Both films went on to become the top, highest-grossing animated features ever released. Fawn was previously head of story for the Academy Award-nominated Raya and the Last Dragon from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Vera Sunthorn joined the studio as a story artist in 2011 and since contributed her talents to Oscar-winning feature films such as Frozen and Zootopia, as well as Moana. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, Featuring the animators from the upcoming Disney film, Wish. You mentioned how emotional this film was for you during a presentation. Now that you're waiting to give birth, <laughs> what are you feeling right now in this moment? Oh well, I mean, today's an exciting day. I was I was with Fawn um, a, a little while ago, and we were talking about that moment where, for so long, you hold it and and you get scared a little because, like, as if you're ushering your kids, as you said, to the world. But I think what was today that's been emotional is 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 we all. I felt like people really could see the legacy part, even though we also people were connecting to the the originality of the story and so you just get excited to finally get to share what this experience has been and to talk about Asha to talk about Magnifico to talk about the uh, like the emotional journey that you go on as you build these characters it gives you this rush this rush of like they're they're like they feel real to us and so it is like you're going like they're yours meet them you know <laughs> and 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 it also reconnects you to the love you have for working with each other too because every time we share these memories pop up and I always say that's the thing that I never take for granted is 
how every movie is full of the memories of the people I'm working with that are making the movie mm-hmm. and what they bring to it in a funny moment they add. And so it, you kind of can't help but get overwhelmed because everything kind of culminates at once. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. The use of um, storyboards uh, inspired from actual storyboards used mm-hmm. in films like Pinocchio and mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty um, is fascinating to me. I love that. So um, what led your team to look to the past Mm-hmm. to inspire you to create this this new age film. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, obviously for us going, okay, 100 years, what is the thing, we, we asked ourselves, like, what is the thing, if you were to, we, we, we'd go, okay, describe what Disney means to you, <laughs> and describe <laughs> what you think of when you, and people would always mention certain films, they would mention moments in their lives, and they were intertwined, they'd mention, um, not like the sense of what it made them feel, like Disney films make me feel things are possible, they give me hope, and looking at, our, when we look to the past to say what are those things that they things that stuck with us and like with especially with Mike with the, the look of Sleeping Beauty which was foundational for him and so going well let's not shy away from actually embracing that we can bring that forward into this story but then as storytellers we want to go forward and to me the going forward is really in the storytelling and in the technology I mean we made this in a way that Pinocchio couldn't have been made and we couldn't have made Pinocchio uh, today to look like that until now you know (laughs) in a weird way through tech through where technological advancements have come so I think it's this combination of saying if we're if we're celebrating being part of 100 years let's celebrate the parts of it that inspired us and then also recognize that what Walt always said is you're here to keep driving storytelling forward, then keep doing that, you know. And, and speaking of inspiration, a lot of the team that's involved in Wish also worked on Frozen, mm-hmm. Frozen 2. So do we see some Easter eggs from Frozen <laughs> in this film? Is there some moments in the film that's inspired by what we know We love crazy. <laughs> there are a few nods, I'll say. Um, but I think also for us... Um, that what's been really fun is is it is this these dreams coming true for this film. As I said, working with Lisa Keen, who's one of the production designers for me, I remember she painted a painting for me for for for, for Frozen of of the knock and Elsa, and I had that in my office and I would write to it. And then the moment in the film is so beautiful, but I also know that as I said, there's a translation that happens when you move. To CG technology off of there and for her that dream she wrote me a letter about this having doing paintings now where those paintings are translated and there isn't a separation from her inspiration and that was huge so for a lot of us who work together on Frozen it was being able to also connect as artists to the parts of ourselves I the dream for me to get to write a villain like that is I mean it's terrifying and wonderful it's something I've you know I've I've wanted it's a challenge I wanted to tackle and to do it with the support of the team that I've been through a lot with um and Fawn was a part of that team also she her first film was Frozen as a story artist and so we've all kind of fought through hard stuff together and inspiration together and beauty together so it was really just nice to do something completely new but do it in such a way that we could we could bring parts of our, ourselves and what we were hoping for together. Is there a scene or a moment uh, from either the production process mm-hmm. or even just in the film itself that still resonates with you? Oh gosh, there's so, there's so many moments, um, stuff I can't say <laughs> that's coming. But I think I mentioned one um, 
earlier today, um, that's early in the film, that we didn't show today because we got more to show um, in a good way. There's a lot more to come where Asha and Magnifico have a song that is showing how this is before her discovery, so they, have, they share a philosophy and they really share an understanding of what wishes mean. And that's emotional for me, but it's also, I always said, we, we talk a lot about, God, how can you ever get the protagonist and villain aligned first? What aligns them? And that's an interesting question that's really hard in the scope of what stories need to actually achieve at times. It's just this something that, to do it truthfully, you know, and not, um, and not do it in a, in a way that's just convenient for the story. And it's been a dream, and it was something that um, I had hoped for, and when Julia came with this song, I welled up with it. And so every time I see it, I remember how something I've always dreamed of, what I didn't think we could do, and she did it. She did it. And so that, every, that, that sits with me, and I can't wait for people to hear it. Um, but I'll, I'll, uh, there's so many, but that's the one I'll... <laughs> well, I, I also can't coming. wait for everybody to see it. I can't wait to watch the rest of it myself. And the songs are so beautiful. It's oh, definitely going to be another earworm. Another, yeah. another frozen moment for folks. <laughs> Thank um, you. So thanks for taking time. Yeah, it's great. Right it's really good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Black Promers. I really appreciate it. Uh, for our audience, because they're going to want to know this question, um, and either Chris or Fawn, you can answer this, but what is Asha's racial background? She is of North African and Southern European descent. Okay. And can you share more about Asha's biological parents as well as her relationship with Zakina and Sabino? Yeah, so Sakina is North African, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we have to remember a lot yes. of these things. And Sabino is Asha's dad, mm-hmm. her grandfather. It's a grandfather. grandfather. Yeah, and that is of the Southern European side of the family. And we see Rosas as a place of destination, so people travel here from all over, and, and there's a lot of eclectic mix of people, just like the big cities in the U.S., you know, and people carry their culture along with them. And just so I understand, because we saw the clips and the presentation, and um, Asha's father has passed away when she was yeah. smaller. So um, Zakina's mother, or Zakina, Asha's mother, is her biological mother? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, we hear Chris Pine singing in this film, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> and there's another song you haven't heard yet. He has oh. two songs. <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> Can you kind of share with us the process of recording with him in the studio? And like, did he have to take music lessons, or <laughs> what was that whole experience? No, Chris, like? we already knew uh, he had quite a good voice because of Into the Woods. He played mm-hmm. a prince in that, and then uh, then we also looked online, <laughs> YouTube. He did a duet with Barbara Streisand. So oh, wow. that was I quite lovely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check it out. It was really so <laughs> this guy's got chops, and so no, he um, he came into it. He loved the singing part of it, but he's very, you know, he's he's very thoughtful. He would, you know, definitely want to get get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, he would go over and do the takes over and over with the music, not only the music, but then the dialogue too. So he's yeah. just a real professional. And it's not just about the singing, he embodies the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, breathes Magnifico into all the Magnifico's singing lines. We're like, whoa, Magnifico <laughs> is here today. 
Um, it was mentioned Asha's song was uh, written before there was a script. Uh, I think Jennifer actually had mentioned that. Um, so I wanted to know what song was it specifically that was written before there was a script for the film? Yeah, it was called This Wish. You have heard it today, the song where Asha made a wish upon a star and the star comes down. And what was the process of crafting a story around like a song that for, you know, a film that hadn't had a script yet? <laughs> well, we knew it was a moment that would have to happen in the film. You know, there's a lot of times we do musicals and we'll start with the moment or like, this is a pivotal moment. It's going to happen in the movie, no matter what we write. And this was the one where she was going to wish on the star. Yeah, there was an outline in the story, so it was not. Yeah, it wasn't. A total <laughs> page. It was. It wasn't a yeah. Page. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. We knew she was going to wish on a star. We knew that there would be a star coming down to Earth. We knew, you know, certain specifics of the the script, but uh, yeah. we really just gave her like a two page or, or two outline or two paragraph outline. To say this is what this is where our character is at the time, where Asha is, what she's feeling, and then, you know, and then we just let her go and let her let her play. That's amazing. Uh, during the production of this film, are there any scenes or moments during the whole process of putting this together that still resonate with you? Wow, we've seen it so many times, right, over and over. But we just watched the film with the score last Friday. And I was really taken back by, by the third act of it all because we've been working out of it in kind of chunks in the production. We see this shot not connected to that shot, but then we see it all together. And uh, I don't want to give spoiler away, right? <laughs> but I was like, that reel is my favorite reel. Yeah, it's very emotional, and there is. Uh, I, I guess for me also, there is something really special about the "I'm a Star" song which she sings and Star, that's when Star comes down and you get to meet Star for the first time. But just that, that idea, I think, not only for everyone, but I think especially young people and kids watching it, that they'll see that, <clears throat> you know, we are connected to the stars we're, and that we're all connected. There is a connection between all of us and that all of us have, have that power within us. And I think that's something really important for, for kids. I can't wait to see the rest of this movie. It's so beautiful and brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank, Thank you, you so you. much. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.